Hey, it's Pastor Ted Fabianic here from Faith Love Church in Melbourne, Australia. Welcome to our podcast. We pray that when you listen to this, you'll be inspired and blessed to reach the best things that God has for you. You've got to do a shift this morning. If you make this shift, which God's going to introduce to you today, it will open up doors that you have been knocking on. It's going to bring into reality what you have been hoping for. Because today's your day. Today is your day. This is not just an ordinary day. God doesn't do anything ordinary. Every day has been earmarked for miracles. Every day has been earmarked for breakthroughs. There is not one single day that God designed to be miracle free. There is no day designed for there to lack to rule. Every day that God has designed is built on God's Word that produces miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. So today's your day. If you, if you think this is just an ordinary day, you will receive an ordinary miracle. But today is an amazing day. Today is your day. Today is your breakthrough. Amen and amen. Why don't you have a seat? The redeemed, prophesy and sing. We can hear the wind blowing, blowing, blowing. Move upon our praise. Give our worship team an amazing hand. Love our worship. Today, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about preaching, but I'm really, really excited about today. I'm really excited. Okay. That, what I just shared to you, every single day, God never, ever... There's never ever any silence in heaven. There's never any silence at all because once the word of God goes out, it's always there. So when, when people go, what's God saying? Everything that's already come out of God's mouth is still speaking. God's word, the Bible tells us, do not return to him without accomplishing something. So I wanted to show you something. We've, we've been talking about the invis- seeing the invisible, talking about a spiritual realm. You know, believing is seeing, believing is possessing. Today, I want to share with this to you. God's Word releases your faith life. You have a faith life. You do, you're not attending Faith Life Church. You have a faith life. It belongs to you. See, when we talked about last week about possession, whatever you possess, you can either release it or hold it back. See, your miracle is no longer in God's hands. It's now in your hands. See, we have been taught for Jesus. Jesus, why don't you do something? Jesus, why don't you do something? But the word, it, we got to go from hoping to 
believing. Now, even, even that, I wrote this thing down. Too. Believing gives birth to faith. When people say to me, I'm believing for my miracle. In other words, you haven't got it yet. When I say I am believing for God to give me an extra amount of money, I am, no, I am not in faith, I am in hope. And so many people have been kind of um, restricted thinking, well, I'm believing for it, why hasn't it happened? See, believing shows you what's possible. Faith takes it into the present reality. So when people go to me, you know, Ted, I'm believing for something. I know where the where process you are in. See, it's the process is when I stay in believing according to God's believing is going to give birth to what I have wanted to have in my own reality. So what we go from, now watch this. I'm just, I love this. You're not going to get sick of Hebrews 11.1. 1. I said you're not going to get sick of it. Is if you get this, now listen to this, now faith is, we got to take a huge leap that God is now. So everything that is available in heaven is available to you today, not when you get into heaven. Heaven was never your destination. Your, there is those, God never says, I saved you so I can take you to heaven. Jesus saved you so that he can live his life through you. So your destiny is to think like, act like, believe like, worship like Jesus. You're very quiet. See, it's so easy to hide going one day heaven, one day this. Now I want you to this see. So this is what we learned. So we're just going to add to it. We're going to build now, faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed. When we start talking about this, of things we hope for. So what happens is this. Hope means that you haven't got it yet. It's, been, it's, it's in there. It's possible. But faith takes the title deed and you become from hoping to ownership. Therefore, it means that the promises of God have changed ownership. They've gone from God to you. So God says, now you have a title deed. What we talked about, your title deed is the word of God. So of the title deed, of the things we hope for being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact that what was revealed to, was not revealed to the senses. I just, I'll just read it to you. You've got to, get it, you've got to get to the tipping point. The title deed, a document that states and proves a person's legal right to ownership. You need to have a ownership mentality. I own salvation. Didn't Jesus say, work out your own salvation? What, what did he mean by that? He goes, work, didn't say work for it. He just said this, I have given you something so precious, you need to dive into it and have a look what you've got. So when God says work out your salvation, 
It is the same thing as when you buy a brand new car. The, the cars nowadays are so sophisticated, you need to be a, an engineer to understand how they work. So when you get the car, you get a manual. I'm still working on my manual. I still have stuff that my car does that I don't know yet. And what happens with us is that God gives us something and then he says, now it's yours, it's in your possession. So let me just show you this. Some of us are knocking on doors that have already been opened because we're waiting, we're still thinking, I can't go through, I can't go through. When Jesus said that I have given you something, therefore he's transferred the ownership. He's signed your name underneath his. You become a co-owner. You have the same rights as an owner. So we get this. Now, look, look at um, 1 Peter. Sorry, 2 Peter 2, verses 1 to 4. As a result of this, he has given you. The word they're given is a document that's signed and, sit and dated. So I want you to understand something. When we're starting to talk in a realm of faith, is you go from a realm of Asking for transfer of ownership to ownership. I own this. We, we get into a, a realm that we're asking God to do something that he has already given. See, people of faith talk differently, act differently. You know what was really, when God said to Abram, Whatever you see, you, are, you will possess. He was also talking to you. Whatever you see, you become possession. So everything that God's created, God creates something for you to see something so that you can have something. Okay. I'll try the front row here. See, what, what we, if we start to think, see, to me, finally... After being born again in 1971, and now I am 60 years old this year, is this. I never could figure out that I always believed that Jesus paid too much for our salvation. I always believed that. That was hands down. I could not get over the fact that I, I actually told Jesus one day, we had a serious discussion, and I said, Jesus, you've been gypped. <laughs> Jesus... <laughs> You're not, in, you're not very good at bartering, are you? You, know, you, I need to, you need to go back to, you know, get a Chinese businessman to teach you how to barter. Right? I actually believe that because I looked at the lifestyle of myself, my family, my church back then, and I go, God, you died for a life like this because I couldn't figure out that there were non-Christians having a better life than Christians. I can't, come on. It bugged me. I'm just going, hold on, hold on. Jesus, I don't get this. It's that we're saved. The family next door actually have less problems than we have. They don't go around thinking they're bad. We go around thinking we're bad. Right? I could never get it. Am I, am I, is, this a, is my family okay? Because even you know, when um, the Passion of the Christ came out, the part I wanted to fast forward was the crucifixion. Because it took too long. Come on. And I'm thinking, God, 
the price you paid and what we have does not add up. Something is wrong. Either you pay too much or I don't see too much. And it's finally now dawning on me the immensity and the gravity of what Jesus has already done. Now watch this. He has given you magnificent promises that are beyond all price so that through the power of these tremendous promises, we experience partnership with the divine nature. Just stop to think about it. Partnership with what? Divine nature. You're not partnering with a church You're not partnering with a doctrine. What you're doing is God says, I want to partner with you. In other words is this, you're going to walk like me. The Bible says you've got to have a faith walk. How can you have a faith walk with Jesus if you don't agree? See, the magnitude is this. You are now an owner. You're not a renter. You're You're not in a lease deal to get to heaven. God says this, that because of the cross, you enter a partnership with him. In other words, is this, everything that is accessible to him is now accessible to you. Everything. He's going like this. He's going, when I became your partner, you are partnering in my faith. You are partnering in my righteousness. You are partnering in my speech. You are partnering in everything you do by which you have escaped the corrupt desires of the world. Now, somebody asked me a question last week about this corrupt desire. What's a corrupt desire? What is a corrupt desire? I I, I kind of looked at it, and the the first thing that people come up with, a corrupt desire is sin, correct? You know what the other corrupt desire is? is that when you don't use God's way to get things, you use other things to get those things. Okay. How do you get a promotion? How do you get a promotion at work? Okay. Let's do a corrupt desire. Okay. I have to be seen to be doing everything. So I only come in early when the boss comes in early. I only work hard when somebody's looking. And at any given point, if I can take somebody else's merits on my job, I'll take it. Ten ways. So, so everybody wants the same things. A corrupt desire is how do we get those things? Why do people steal? Because it's a way of getting those things. A corrupt desire is this, is that God has given you a way to have an amazing life, but yet you're still using the old ways. That is why, listen to me carefully, that is why you're going to get yourself, people are going to talk negative about you, people are going to demean you was this is because you're getting those things that they're working so hard for and it looks like you're just passing through life and you're getting them 
The, the reason I got sledged at my level of um, management that I was with, the problem people were having against me was that I was getting all these promotions and I wasn't doing what they were doing and they got upset. They got upset. Why would they accept? Because I would lay hands on my, do- on my documents and they would get favor. They would lie to get favor and they wouldn't get it. The owner of the business, he had 51, the, uh, the, uh, what's his name, Mr. Nielsen had 51% of the business and the other uh, 49% was on the stock exchange. He would come and see me every Tuesday morning. He'd come and sit at my desk and talk to Ted Fabiani. People go, well, how did you get that? He came and found me. Well, how did you get him to come down? I go, I, I didn't. God said he would promote me. In my thinking was always this. I ran into business thinking, God, you promote me. I'll just do what I need to do. You will promote. So when God says this, is that the world is struggling with these corrupt desires to get things. Now, I want you to show you this so that you understand what I'm talking about. When you use a corrupt desire to get something, when you get it, it will not fulfill you. So when God says, don't do it the world's way, don't do it this way, what you got to do is do it my way. Now, now, listen, now we're going to get really good. This is, this is where I start preaching. Okay. Look at 1 Peter 1.1. 1, 1. Sorry, 2 Peter 1.1 1, 1 says this. This letter is from Simon Peter, a loving servant and apostle of Jesus Christ. I am writing to those who have been given a faith as equal and precious as ours through the righteousness of God and Savior, Lord Jesus Christ. It says, who has been given. I want you to understand something here. Jesus never, ever prayed for anybody to get more faith. One of the things that... The reason the prayer comes like this, God increase my faith, is because we feel we haven't got in us to what we want to see manifest in us. But listen to what he says, right? But he has given a a, a faith as equal and precious as ours. The word there, uh, a couple of other translations use the word inferior. The word inferior, when it's taken into law, says this, a court of a court of tribunal, susceptible to having its decisions overturned by a higher court. Susceptible to having its decisions overturned by a higher court. Wow. So watch this. The faith that you have been given cannot be overturned. In other words, when you step out in faith, that declaration cannot be overturned. So in our judicial system, if you don't like a judgment, you can take it to a higher court, a higher court, and higher court. And in in Australia, we have the Supreme Court. And in the Supreme Court, you have not just one judge, you have multiple judges. So if you don't like a decision... He goes from one court to another court to the final court. And in the Supreme Court, 
or any decision that was made that is under it, they can overturn. But the faith that you and I have been given cannot be overturned. So God says this there, watch this. And he also uses this word called righteousness, that through righteousness of our God. The righteousness is this. The Bible says the righteous will walk by faith, correct? In other words, is this. When you are righteous, it is the ability to think like, act like, speak like Jesus. The word, one of the... One of the um, Definitions of righteousness is standing in the presence of God and not feeling inferior. When somebody says to me, uh, I have an inferiority complex, the answer is this, is that you don't understand your righteousness. So the Bible tells you this, not only has he given you faith, but he's given you the ability to use the faith. So now... God says this, I didn't give you something without equipping you so that you can have it. I didn't give you this faith so it can stand dormant. But I've given you my righteousness. I have given you my ability to see a problem and apply the word as I apply it. That is why... When you find in Matthew 4, Jesus was tempted. How did Jesus refute the devil? He said, Satan, it is written. Do you realize this? That everything that Satan birthed is subject to the word of God. Let's, let me take you to this level. So, so you have Satan on one hand. Satan has given birth to death, sickness, poverty, depression. Every sickness, Satan birthed. They're his kids. Pain is a child of the devil. Sickness is a child of the devil. Poverty is a child of the devil. You've got to watch this. When you, when you, when you, God says heaven on earth. In heaven, there is no needs. That there is no sickness. So when Satan, when Adam opened the door and he said, I refuse to rule and reign, Satan comes in and he starts having children. There was no murder until the fall. There was no lack. Do you realize when God made Adam, he never gave him a shovel to dig the garden? Just, just work with it. He didn't say, hey, Adam, Eve, come. Here's your tool shed. Here's a lawnmower. How many of you love lawnmowers? Uh, oh, you need to pray for me. I keep asking Silva to mow the lawn, but she just doesn't want to do it. I, I... He, he never gave him tools. What did he give him? Man was created as a speaking spirit. He says, Adam, go into the garden, and how will you extend it? I want you to speak. Do you realize that Adam, as soon as he spoke, something happened? So when it comes down to this, is that 
God's word is not subject to anything birthed by Satan. The Bible says that he is a liar and the father of lies. So watch this now. That is why Apostle Paul gave us this encouragement. It says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Why was he saying that? He's saying, I'm not, you're not fighting a germ. You're not fighting that. You are fighting the author of it. And if you can hit the author, you disarm his babies. But see, when God did the victory, he did it for you. So when we start thinking here, you, the decision cannot be overturned. So when you speak a word in faith, that faith cannot be overturned. Just think about that for a minute. That is why, let me show you how powerful those words. If you've said a negative word to somebody, how, do you, how does that person get a healing? With words. If, 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 look, if I say something negative to Sylvie, how do I heal that? I tell you what doesn't work is box of chocolate doesn't work. Movies don't work. A new car doesn't work. A holiday doesn't work. You know what works? Hey, babe, I'm really sorry. Would you please forgive me? The power of my words hurt her and the power of my words heal her. Now, let me just, let me just put this into something that you need to practice. Every day I, in, my, in my time with the Lord, I put a, a, a post every single day of a word of encouragement to our church and those listening online who are, are part of our family. Last Saturday morning, this is what I put up. Don't doubt. Don't fear. Don't hesitate. Don't panic. God, your God, is right here with you. He has already won the victory. The victory of Jesus is your victory. Then Jesus made a public spectacle of all the powers and principalities of darkness, stripping away from them every weapon and all their spiritual authority and power to accuse us. And by the power of the cross, Jesus led them around as prisoners in a procession of triumph. He was not their prisoner, they were his. Colossians 2.15 out of the Passion Translation. Every victory, every victory over sin, sickness, lack, temptation, doubt, fear, emotional pain, regrets, victory over everything. Think of it. He gives all, he forgives all my sins, heals all my diseases, he redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My mouth is my youth is renewed like the eagles. Psalm 103, verses 3 to 5 in the New Living Translation. By faith we share the full, unlimited victory of Jesus Christ. You see, every child of God overcomes the world, for our faith is the victorious power that triumphs over the world. 1 John 5, 4. This is your reality. That was my post. Came to church on Sunday, everything was great. Went home, 
And then during the day, I picked up something heavy. Didn't feel anything, didn't do anything. We went, Silva and I went to bed about 11.30, and I just noticed a little twitch under my, under my shoulder blade. And I'm thinking, oh, that's just, just because I must have twisted it, didn't worry about it. Went to sleep. And then during the night, I couldn't, it was, I just every five minutes, it, the pains, my, my shoulder started hurting, my back just, and I noticed that I couldn't move my arm. And so I tried five, I, I don't know, I tried every position so that I could rest, so I could be pain free. Finally, I fell asleep. Then I woke up, and the pain was so severe that I had to get up, and I started pacing the room. And the next thing I know, the pain went from like a 5 out of 10 to a 10 out of 10. And I am now dry reaching because the pain is so bad. I, I went into our ensuite. I thought I was going to throw up, so I'm over the toilet bowl. And I thought I was going to pass out. And so I'm holding myself. And the pain, but in the midst, and see, but the pain was speaking to me. He goes, you've done something really bad. You've torn a ligament. You've done something. You're going to have to do this, this, everything. And then I remember, I started, I go, hold on. I didn't, I go, I'm not going to believe for my healing. I'm going to put into practice what I preach. So I did this over the toilet bowl. I said, by his stripes, I was healed. Guess what happened? The pain went up. And so I am now walking in our bedroom like this, and I'm going, come on. I'm, 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 I'm saying, I am healed. I have already been healed. I don't need to be healed. I already am healed. Next thing I know, I, my body starts to shiver like I've been put in an ice bath. I am now shaking like this. Sylvia is looking at me, and she's kind of, <gasps> so I hop into bed, she gets extra blankets, and I am shivering, I am in pain. Everything in my body is crying out for pain relief. But you know what I found? My spirit wasn't in pain. My body was. I could think, I could talk, and so I just prayed. I said, God, I am already healed. The five senses tell me, Ted, you're going to have to get yourself... Part of me was thinking, Ted, Sue's going to now going to have to ring the ambulance because there's no way you're going to do this. Um, now, look, I'm, the pain's so bad, I almost started... I had tears in my eyes. I'm going, God, this... My, my, my first thought, oh, that's how Sue feels like having, you know, giving birth to babies, you know? But you're going through all of this. Now, I was, the pain was so much, and I am now shivering in bed. And the only thing I remember to do, I started quoting the books of the Bible. Now, I, 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 my body is shivering. Uh, I'm shivering, but I've got a temperature, right? My pain is there. And the only scriptures that started coming that time was Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, First and Second Kings, Second Chronicles, da da da. And then I go, did I do sixty six? Then I, oh yeah, there's Naaman, there's Micah, there's all of this. Right, fell asleep. I woke up in the same position, and then um, Silva was already gone. She was downstairs, and I started to feel, well, Ted, don't move. The moment you move, the pain's going to come back. So stand still. 
This, you need to have a day in bed. I go, yeah. <laughs> this is God's word to me. A bed day. Sue will serve me. <laughs> she, will, she will even do the remote control for me so I won't have to move. <laughs> I'll have voice activated theory. <laughs> and then God spoke to me. He goes, hold on, Ted. You've already got your healing. So now change your thinking. My th your thinking is if I move, I'm going to get pain. But the word of God says faith is an action. So what are you going to do? Everything in me was going, hey, Ted, it, you, you've got to wait for the feeling of healing before you take an action of healing. But faith says opposite. So I get up, and the first thing, I was this sharp pain. And I go, no, I have already been healed. Done deal. Got up, showered, went to my, during the day. And then all of a sudden, we had the grandkids. And um, Florence needed to be picked up. And I go, well, but you better not pick her up. So I go, no, hold on, what's an action? So I went and picked her up, no pain. Every... Every couple of hours, there was been this pain. But then the word of God comes in and says, no, that isn't correct. God says, I have been healed. I wasn't believing for my healing. I was standing in it. See, it, it, can we, can, is this okay? Let me give you uh, something that changes. I've, in in um, dealing with married couples since the early 80s, there was a problem I noticed in some marriages and relationships was this, is they never ever transferred from dating to being married. Their thinking is a single man or a single woman. Then they get married, but something happens. They get married, they become one, but they still act like... I noticed it myself that God had to speak to me. He says, Ted, you are no longer dating Sylvie. Sylvie is now your wife. So you, not, you need to remove all dating out of your brain. But he goes, now you need to act married. That meant I had to invite Sylvie to watch cricket with me. <laughs> I did make the invitation. She, had, she always refuses, but I always give her the invitation. But see, what happens was this, is that I am no longer trying to win her love. I now have her love. That's what we try to do with God. We're trying to get God to like us when God says, I already do. Oh, God, God, I, I, I want to be a son, but you already are. Oh, God, God you've got to make me clean, but you already are. See, what happens with us is that we don't have an action. See, you, we, don't, we, do, we no longer have a problem with sin. We no longer have a problem with sickness. We no longer have a problem with lack. What we do is we're not acting on our faith. Hello. As long as Satan can keep us believing and not receiving, the kingdom of God doesn't advance. 
You good? To me, the biggest shift in my personal life since I got saved was this, is that I already possess it. Now I go to walk it out. I have spent literally years asking God to do something when God was asking me to have an action to what I have believed. Step it out. Isn't it amazing? Watch this. If you look at the Old Testament, when they were going to go to war, the prophet would come, see, I have given you the victory. But hold on, we haven't fought yet. So what did they do? Every time Israel obeyed the word and went to the fight, they won. Why? Because God said, see, I have given it to you. Now act like it. Stop being gloomy. Oh, poor me. <laughs> Nothing ever works for me. Watch this. Now, let me read to you Mondays. So, see, for most of you don't think, right? if not, not that you don't think, right? I actually listen to myself. If I want to get inspired, I listen to my own messages. People go, oh, well, who do you think you are? Because I know that they're not Ted Fabianics. Okay, watch this. After uh, everything inside of me was going, you need to have a stay in bed. Now, I want to have a stay in bed, but I want to be healthy staying in bed. Anyway, that's something special. Now, listen to this. Monday morning, I have a shower. I go into our lounge, open up the word, start praying, and this is what I write. And this is what we send to the church. No exceptions. God has already settled your victory. You see, every child of God overcomes the world. For our faith is the victorious power that triumphs over the world. 1 John 5.4 We achieve this victory through our faith. Our God-given faith rests on and feeds on the word of God and is settled in heaven. Standing firm in the heavens and fastened to eternity is the word of God. Psalm 119, verse 89. God's word is eternal, unchanging, fixed, and established. Everything is subject to the word. And he alone is the leader and the source of everything needed in the church. God has put everything beneath the authority of Jesus Christ and has given him the highest rank above all others. Ephesians 1.22. His victory is now your victory. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory, making us conquerors through our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. Church, let's do something really radical. Let's stop trying and start living. Worship team, I'd like you to come up. Has this helped? I need more yeses, because I'll keep going on. Has this helped? Yes. You, that's, is it, look, uh, as, as the worship team's coming, because God, God talks to you as believers, not unbelievers. So when you look at the way God speaks to you, he speaks to you because he knows you've got faith. 
So when God says, I want you to do this, he knows that you have the faith that will correspond to do that. So, okay, for me, last weekend, what he did for me was this, is it just took me to another level. I'm just going, well, I've never had pain like this. Never, I've never been through such an attack. But what I did realize, that, it, that I didn't, it wasn't weeks of fighting, it was one single night. You know what the Bible says? That there might be sorrow during the night, but joy comes in there. Come speedily. From, not be, from where I was clenching my arm like this because I couldn't lift it to I'm throwing my kids up. People go, oh, that's because you're the pastor. No, that's because I'm a child of the God and God hasn't got different grades of children. You good? What we're going to do now, I want to challenge you. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you believing for? Isn't it time that your belief gave birth to faith? You know one of the things I was really happy with? I remember with Sulvay, um, with all of our kids, right? It got to a time when she was so pregnant that she just said, that's it. What do you want? I want this out. You know, she, you know, I mean, we're in worship and she's going out, out, out. It came, see, it came a time, it came a time where I've been believing, but now I've got to give birth. Listen to me carefully. You've, we've, you've stayed long enough for the birthing process. The faith is ready in you. And so what do we do? Is we have a corresponding. That is why I worship. I worship not to get the victory. I worship because I have a victory. Isn't it amazing that my body responded just to naming the books of the Bible? Just thinking, Satan's even afraid of the book Genesis. (gasps) Exodus. (gasps) Leviticus. (gasps) Just think about the power of God's Word. Even the names of the books are amazing. So what we want to do now, I'm going to pray. I'm believing that all those listening, all those here, that you would step up to a brand new level and you go, okay, I'm going to stop believing. I am now going to have a corresponding action. Let the weak say, I am strong. Let the sick say, I am healed. See, I am no longer in the process. I am in it. We, we got to go, stop thinking process or get yourselves in it. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, why don't you just lift up your hands where you are? Holy Spirit, right now, in the name of Jesus, Father, right now, let there be, let the faith come out. Father, we, we are no longer believing for it. Father God, we are now entering in it. Father, from now on, I pray that we would have corresponding action because we have believed. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This is what I, from now on, you need to say, I am a believer.
I am favored. I walk into a shop, I expect to be served. I expect things. Why? Because I'm already there. I am no longer asking for God in favor. How do you act when you got favor? How do you act when the doors open? Stop crowding around the door, go through. Just, just do it. Go and get ready. I was going to say, you know, if, you know, if you're believing for a holiday, go and get packed. Are you? Uh, yeah. Go on a road trip. Do something today. Act on your faith. Act on it. Act on it. Okay. How would you act right now? Just think about this. God hasn't got a record of everything you've done wrong. You are totally clean. Everybody around you agrees with God, so everybody's looking at you totally clean. How do you act? You've already got faith. I can't get off this. Just, just, just stop this. Just, I'll give, one minute. Do you realize, let, let, me, let me just show you this. You get Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, four books, right? How many books in the New Testament? 39. There's 39 books in the New, I think it's 27. Okay, 27. I'm into prosperity. Okay, there's 29 books, correct? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is Jesus going through the process telling you what he's doing and what he's going to do on the cross, correct? Then it takes another 27 minus 4 is 23. There are 23 books of the Bible telling you what you received. Not what you can, what you can get, it's what you already have. Paul had to take 23 books with other writers to tell you what you have. So isn't it amazing that we're still stuck on, I want, to, I want something, I want something, when Paul is saying, um, every time he writes to you, he says, I don't get sick of repeating myself because I want to tell you what you have, okay? Okay? Hey, God bless you. We'll see you next week.